welcome back to another episode of The Last Man Standing, the unofficial podcast to the CBS All Access series, The Stand. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Corey. And we are the broadcasters. And today we're going to review episode six titled The Vigil. Matt, you have a brief synopsis of the episode of what's happening. Okay, here we go. The trash can man makes an entrance. Bobby Terry makes an exit. Joe speaks. Franny gets locked in a basement. Joe finds Mother Abigail. And then Nick blows up. I like that these have gotten a lot, a lot shorter. It's very just, succinct. It's very, I think it's like four lines of sentence. Uh, man, Franny getting locked in that basement, the, the drywall basement with the window. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get into this one, Corey. How are you feeling? I felt both of these watches like in my soul, in my core, right? Like I'm tired of this show after this week. I also did back-to-back days, which was probably a mistake. Rough. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I fucking hate it. I hate it. So at the end of this podcast, you'll feel the way Nick felt at the end of the episode. That's great. Uh, we're going to jump in here. We have some quick reactions, so here we go. Okay. Let's talk initial reactions to the episode and i'm going first this week okay so <laughs> matt you text if i watched it and usually like if you if you text me that i kind of know something's coming so uh i watched the episode and i immediately went to twitter and i wrote this as of this very moment ezra miller's trash can man is the single worst depiction of a character i have ever seen on television i'm open to suggestions for who is worse uh i received no suggestions for who is worse on that Twitter, uh, on that tweet. Uh, I genuinely think that's the worst thing I've ever, worst character I have ever seen on a television show. And talk about embodying the entire series. The, the series fell apart maybe three episodes ago, but it found a shovel and just continued to keep digging all the way down into the worst possible thing I think I've ever seen. I think uh, as much as I want to want to disagree with you, right? Uh, for the sake of discussion, for the sake of my own mental health, I can't. I can't. I, I really, like, first watch through, uh, had, like, a physical aversion to the Trash Can Man's introduction. Like, I've been waiting for this. I I, I talked about this with, with Matt and Nick nonstop before we so started the show about how, like, how fun of a character Trash could be, and I hope they handled it right, and, like... Uh, this this wasn't that. For I was worried for you, Corey. I really was, man. I know. We I know. Once we saw Ezra Miller was cast, we were like, I don't know about this. Yeah, I know. And again, it's just this show has me in a place that I want to hold out hope for it, right? Like right. it's it's so easy to dunk on because it is just making so many mistakes, ham-fistedly trying to develop characters, stumbling into plot holes. I mean, which again we get to talk about this week. Yay. <laughs> um, it's just, it's so fucking frustrating to see so much promise and so much story left on the table and not touched. So yeah, this, this was just another experience in total frustration for me. Corey, I, I like was thinking of you while watching it going, man, all these times you fucking talked about trash. Man, I know, dude, <laughs> uh, you texted me immediately and was like, you need to watch the episode ASAP. And I was like, all right, that means that Twitter <laughs> is going to blow the fuck up about what is what is happening. So, yeah, no, back to back days experiencing that was uh, how do I say this right? A total fucking bummer. 
Yeah, like my reaction, like I hate hyperbole. I'm not going to be the person that comes out and just says like, that's the worst thing I've ever you are, seen. You are not hyperbolic. I am not hyperbolic. I, am. I, I, I definitely I, think, am. I was carefully thinking about this. I'm pretty sure this show will be the worst show I've ever watched like in its entirety because we're committed to finishing the show. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything worse. Worse now, than like, Bly Manor? Well, I didn't finish Blind Man. Oh, no, that's way worse. That's I finished Blind Man. And I also think worse. it's worse. But okay. like, yes. I, they're just, I, I quit on plenty of shows. There are plenty of bad shows I've quit on. There are plenty of shows I heard were terrible that I never started. I really think this is going to be the worst show I've ever watched from beginning to end. Like, luckily, it's a miniseries. Um, like, and Corey, I, I know you're big, you're big into The Expanse. I finally, like, kind of broke. I've been watching pretty much The Stand exclusively for the last couple of weeks. Oh. I was like, I got to break back into a TV show I like. I restart up The Expanse season five. Like, I'm out of my chair every episode. I'm, like, fist pumping every time Amos is basically on screen. Um, Like, I'm thinking about, like, I, I called Nick up, like, asking, like, what do you think about, like, destabilizing technology and, and where are we going as a species? Yeah. After mm-hmm. I watch the stand, I just think, like, this sucks. <laughs> and, yeah. like, I'm not dead inside. I, I, I love TV. Like, I'm a huge genre TV person yeah. and yeah. book person yeah. and movie person. I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. I love horror. This is my stuff. I'm a big Stephen King fan. Like I am the audience for this TV show. Yeah. Like, like, and I fucking hate it so much. And it's like it's driving me crazy, and it's kind of unbelievable. I think, but what you said is is really important for listeners. Like, we really love TV, and like we really love sci-fi and horror and fantasy, and like, like we talk about this all the time. And it's the reason why we got into podcasting in the fucking first place. Yeah, like every two months, I'm like, you know what? I haven't read a horror book. I gotta go. I gotta go find a horror novel. Hey, Nick, do you got anything good? Like I yeah. do this all the time. I love this stuff. Yeah. And I hate this show. I, Corey, do you want to add anything to this or should we just jump right in? I think we just jump right in, man. It's, there's only so many, we can, so many ways we can skin this cat. Um, but again, like I keep every week looking for things to like, I know that I'm like number one for shitting on this show and not being nice to it and everything else, but like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying, and every time it just shovels some nonsense in my face, and it's just like, you remember that book you liked? You remember that thing that you like? Well, this isn't it, you piece of shit. You just you take what I have to give you, and I'm supposed to be thankful for it. I can't believe I'm pay- like, if there was not for Star Trek Discovery, which is the only other CBS show I'm watching. Yeah, I would be the angriest at paying for CBS All Access. Oh, Twitter had a lot of people say I'm canceling because they signed up for the stand and are not staying. Oh, no, like go go watch Discovery. If if you've oh, any, I, like, I know I yeah. yeah. Go watch great. the Star Trek's been pretty good. So yeah, yeah. If you if you liked the the JJ Abrams stuff, uh, and it gets progressively better. So um, there's that. Uh, thank you for joining us this week on the Last Men Standing. <laughs> go watch Star Trek Discovery. Uh, <laughs> or the yes. Expanse. Yeah. Or the Expanse. Or you can or you can stick with us as we jump into. We again we've broken this episode up into the two locations. So <laughs> let's start with Vegas again. Uh, we have to start. The trash can man. So mm. all, all I wrote for us to think about is explain to me what I just witnessed, please. Like, what did I just witness? Well, even before we do that, like, Corey, you love trash. Mm. What were you like? What were you looking forward to? Because I don't I don't love trash. Trash for me is chaotic neutral. All right. He's not necessarily evil. He is just like a little firebug. 
And you know he's not hmm. mentally well because he was, I mean, abused for his entire life. And we get that through that magical thing that I'd like to talk to Josh Boone about called characterization. That is when you use scenes, events, and dialogue to develop a character into something that approximates <laughs> a human being, which we do not get in any of this. So like oh, the weird, flashback didn't weird work flashbacks for you? with like oh. cockroaches having oh. sex with women and maggots and decaying yeah. decaying heads. That's not character that, development. Oh, no, you know what? Yeah, because again, we fell into the trap of characterization via montage, which again <laughs> is the way you move plot forward, not that you give me info on my character. Yeah, to build off that. The reason Rocky IV's montage works is because we've seen Rocky for three straight fucking movies. So when I watch Rocky work out like a lunatic for like 20 straight minutes in Russia, that shit works. There um, were two <laughs> there were two montage sequences of Rocky work training in Rocky IV. <laughs> it's like it's like a third of the movie. The montage no, the the training montages are a hallmark there. Again, yes. to move the plot forward because I don't want to watch this guy Oh, I just stumble into a gym every day and punch the heavy bag. That's not interesting. I do want to do that, though. Beefcake, man. <laughs> Beefcake. <laughs> but what's funny is, like, you could have done montages of trash traveling the country, right? Like, you could have done all of this. We yeah. could have dealt with a, like, three-minute in mid credit scene, end of the episode scene of just following trash at the end of these six episodes, right? Little hmm. bits of characterization. We can ask ourselves, hey, who the hell is this? If you're a book right. reader, you'll figure it out pretty quick about like, hey, who's this abused kid that they're going to? And like, why is this guy setting this woman's mailbox on fire? And like all this other stuff, right? So again, like it, you could have doled out a little bit of a character who's arguably a, a massive lever for plot later on. I'm not going to say how or why. Uh, you could probably figure it the fuck out at this point because, again, this host hates suspense and subtlety, so they're going to tell you right from the rip what this motherfucker is here for. His big introduction, the first big thing he does in the book is he blows up an entire town in Ohio. He goes to some, like, oil tanks, and he winds up literally blowing up an entire town. He watches it from the outskirts, and he's just, like, floored at the destruction that he can create in this new world. And oh, it's fascinating. So not two little silos. Oh, yeah, not two silos next to an abandoned factory, but an entire town. It's like a, it's like a small city. It's yeah. not even a town. It's a city. And, like, he, like, runs away from it, and it's like a volcano is going off behind him. Like, he's getting blown for, like, the amount of explosion is, like, literally like, like a meteor striking a city or a bomb like going off it's not just like two oil tankers it's the whole fucking city goes do, on and do you think that they did that Corey? do you think they actually shot that and ezra miller's performance was so bad that they were like we got to redo it but we don't have enough money so we'll just blow up two silos <laughs> i i don't know what's going on here there are just some choices with like the screeching is what gets me right again because it's like and I've seen people say that, like, yes, I have met uh, people with um, developmental disabilities who screech. Okay, that's not to say that doesn't exist in the world, but that's to say that it doesn't necessarily play on screen. All right? Like, as a viewer here, I don't want to hear, uh, like, a pitchy thing. Because, again, I was watching this with headphones on. Giant mistake because my wife was on a work call. And then all of a sudden I hear, directly into my ears, yeah, and I no. wanted to die. Like, it was off-putting and it's not yeah. again characterization is one thing but you also have to admit when something isn't working on screen it needs to get pulled so like the jeweler's glasses i could pick at that but that's beside the point like the character design aspect to me totally falls by the wayside to like that that awful screeching and then also like the low level display of characterization of actual menace Corey, did, did you watch mine hunter 
Yes. I, I think that's what we probably, what you said about the trash can, man, that's what we're looking for. Mindhunter drops for us hints of this, of this serial killer moving throughout, like, I think it was a Kansas. I could be totally wrong. Uh, moving throughout the world. And we catch literally a glimpse of them, like every other episode or so right. BTK. of what this person's yeah. life is like. Yeah, exactly. They could have done something like that for exactly. us to see that. I can't, I still cannot believe that they watched Ezra Miller's performance and said, fuck, that's great. That's a wrap. I, I, th- yeah, I felt check, bad for everyone on scene. Moving on. Uh, yeah, I like, can't. like the, the, the guys hold, like, like the guys in charge of lighting. I felt bad for them. I felt bad for like the production crew, like everyone who had to sit there and watch it. It was, it was offensive. It was so bad. We also have to talk about, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about him jerking off. Oh my God. In front of the fire. Like, and, and here's the thing, like, look, I, I, I typically don't want to see this on TV, but you could do it right. If anybody watched the boys uh, last season, <laughs> um, <Homelander. laughs> yeah, there's a scene with Homelander and it plays perfect. It is so funny and pathetic because um, you know, Homelander's funny and pathetic and it, it's, it's hilarious and it's great. I got a kick out of it. They um, built that into the tone of the show. 100%. This, I, again, this show doesn't, this, the, the tone of this show is suck. And this scene was fucking disturbing in a, in a weird way, not in a good way. <laughs> like, it's just fucking terrible. I can't believe they put this on screen. I really can't. But that's the thing is what happens when you have actual character development. You have things moving along, right? Like, you realize when he says, Nick, you don't realize this, but when he says, my life for you to flag, it is after he almost dies crossing the desert. He blows up part of his body in that blowing up Columbus. He, like, wrecks his arm. And it's like horribly mangled and burned and infected and shit. Um, he's like raped and abused on the way out to, to Las Vegas. Yeah, he's Gollum. He's like really Gollum. Yeah. And he, when he shows up in Vegas, Interesting. the border guards find him half dead, covered in sores and sunburn. And he like barely makes it to Vegas. So when Flag reveals himself to him and talks about him and tells him that he's special and tells him that he's smart... When he says, my life for you, he's not kidding. Like, he literally gave up, uh, and he almost killed himself just to get out there to answer this call. So it matters. This is totally unearned because right. it's like, oh, you got to see a bug fucking a lady. So, yeah, okay. Now my life for you? Again, the, the show hmm. doesn't earn anything. Yeah, it, it's similar to the Lloyd thing. Lloyd was trapped in prison, was definitely going to die, and Flag saves him, right? So now Lloyd feels indebted. Same thing happens to, to Trashcan. He's being, like, molested and raped by this psychopath. Horrifying. And in the middle of the desert, and Flag saves him. Flag res- rescues him. Like, he sends some wolves that kind of kill this dude. Um, so, yeah, like, there's a reason he feels indebted to this guy. He's also giving him an opportunity to do exactly what he wants to do, which is just fucking light the entire planet on fire. So, yeah, it makes sense he would he'd be attracted to this guy. But none of this is on the screen, and it's fucking terrible. No, I, and look, all that being said, I still think that Lloyd might be... Uh might be worse let's for get me into personally. that okay so that's and i i, I kind of want to argue this point but uh the next thing we have after trash came in is we get to lloyd so i, I wrote down in the notes like trash came in as the worst character i've ever seen and then core you said lloyd is talk me through that why i mean so i i when i look at this it's like okay a couple of miller's choices um i don't like Right, like the screeching and stuff like that. The costume design, I get that, is not necessarily on him. Do I think his costume is worse than Lloyd's? I don't, right? Do I think a guy who's absolutely crazy running around in this, like, vest and dirty underwear and everything else, like, does it make sense to me? I mean, a little bit. Do I get, like, some... 
Suicide Squad, Jared Leto, Joker vibes from this guy a little bit uh, in the way that this is being played. Um, but at the same time, like Lloyd pisses me off every time I'm on screen. At my second watch, I was angrier at the Lloyd character than I was at Ezra Miller and Trash. So again, I still don't like it. This is not a defense of it. But if you asked me again at the end of my second watch, who was I more annoyed by on screen? And it was it was Lloyd. Okay, I'm gonna say this though. All right. If you're more annoyed by Lloyd, I think it's solely because you've seen him more. Mm-hmm. If you only saw Lloyd's opening scene and then episode six, he returns, okay? We might think of it differently. Like we've seen Not Lloyd kind point. of pathetic a few way through. Like we've only seen Ezra Miller's character once. And I think they literally cut out all of Marilyn Manson's The Kid stuff, which means that they might've filmed that and said, it is so terrible that we're just gonna move forward with just this one scene with Ezra. Or I don't even know if maybe, I think someone said that, Here's yeah. the classic thing. It's gonna come. It's gonna come in next episode, right? Just because we've said it, and now we've complained <laughs> about it not being in the show, yeah. right. because Seriously. it doesn't make any sense with developing a character. Now it will show up in episode too late, ham-fistedly thrown in, and it will still not be very good. Right. All I'm trying to say is, I think we think Lloyd is bad because we've seen him for so long. Let's imagine we still have three more episodes left, which is reality, of possibly seeing Trash Can Man. He can't get better. There's, mm. there is, there's nothing you can do for me when you set up that individual like that. And my expectation moving forward is what we got with Ezra Miller in the first three minutes of this episode. There's just no way. It's like, it's, it's impossible. It's impossible. Maybe it's just the space that Lloyd occupies, you know, as supposed to be like this. I, I, and again, this comes from my, my benefit as a book reader, right? Like I know where Lloyd fits into the grand scheme of things and I know where trash fits and this characterization of Lloyd is just being like the delivery of that line oh uh maybe they staggered their their arrivals I figured that out myself and it's just like it doesn't look good on, you, good on screen it doesn't sound good on screen no. the delivery is shit the way that he looks at him the way like I can't understand why like Skarsgård wouldn't look at him at that point and be like the fuck good are you you do literally, like, nothing that I ask. I, to- I gave you one fucking job to find Judge Ferris and bring her back here alive. We even set up the conversation of how to do that beforehand. Tips the hand of, like, oh, well, my guys are kind of big bruisers and they don't do that. If you're flag and you include that bit of dialogue in the show and you get mad at Bobby Terry... For shooting her in the fucking face. How do you not turn around to Lloyd and then have the same conversation of motherfucker, I told you. I told right. you to bring her back alive. You fucked this up, Lloyd. Again, the you screwed it up. I'll take that. <laughs> I will take that. It worked for me, right? And again, we'll get into some of the other problems with that scene. Right. That Skarsgård works for me in that scene. He's menacing enough. I like the way they did the octave drop with his voice with Lloyd to tell him to shut the fuck up. But again, there's no consistency here that would actually make this like go from mediocre to good, though. And that's a choice they made. Like I said before, Lloyd isn't like that in the book. No. Lloyd is competent. Yep. Now, he's terrified of Flag, and he's a, kind of a shitty person. Um, and he doesn't even love doing some of the stuff that he has to do. But he's in debt at the flag, and he's terrified of him, and he's competent. In this, he's, he's none of those things. He's a weird dude with a hat. Um, 
like we were talking about this. Like, I, I really do think these are like two of the worst TV characters I've ever seen. Yeah. I did some Googling to be like, all right, so like, let's, let's kind of put this into context. What are some of the worst TV characters on like good shows? Not like some shitty show that was canceled like six weeks into, you know, like a CBS. Sure. Show. Like who are like truly the worst characters? I love so, that you said CBS sitcom. <laughs> sorry. Well, we're, we're saying, we're saying on brand. Um, right. So I was looking like, and these were a couple names I pulled from Reddit, from other like screen ramp, from some other websites. These were the common names that kept popping up. So just, if if any of these characters are worse than than Lloyd or Trash, just just stop me and we can go into it. Okay, so Julie Taylor from Friday Night Lights. No, no way. Okay. Not even close. Yeah, Ted no. Mosby from How I Met Your Mother. Unlikable, no, Ted, but Ted, not worse. Exactly. Okay. Ted's annoying, but he's also essential to the TV show. Ross from Friends. Those central characters always push the plot forward. They're never yeah, anybody's 100%. favorite because they're the levers uh, for all the plot to to move things forward. So, no, Zoe Deschanel is the worst character in New Girl, right? Like, it's just right. is how That's it is she as is. being that main character. Like, you're, right. you, they just put you in that position. Okay, so here's some other side ones then. We have uh, the Sand Snakes from Game of Thrones. They were really hated when uh, when Game of Thrones came uh, out. Okay, now we are, now we're talking the language. See, I, I did say, I think we're getting close. Now we're yeah, talking I, the language. I them, the and I also really like them in the book. Yeah. So, Let me ask was, you though, did you think at any point in time, because you said with the Sand Snakes, did you think at any point in time, the actors and act, uh, the actresses playing the Sand Snakes created some ridiculous like caricature of the of the character no, i didn't think they were the problem the writing was the problem exactly that's my yeah. point okay um how about connor from angel or dawn from buffy look i think connor's show. really terrible connor's terrible i kind of love dawn only because i'm the i'm the youngest sibling so i kind of really you, you are dawn. dawn yeah you were like dawn's age when that was coming out so you you were dawn so okay i get that caillou caillou always pops up my like my, my buddy has buddy has kids and caillou like makes him like ill he hates him that much <laughs> So it's possible. However, if we're equating the trash can man to like an annoying child, we've already reached peak okay, low. Okay, good. Peak low. <laughs> okay, Bubbles from The Wire. What? No. I, I'm just kidding. I threw that. I, I literally threw that on there just to fuck with you guys. Bubbles is incredible. Oh, Jesus right, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to lose my mind <laughs> know, on okay. you. That, that was just to see if you were paying attention. Okay. Uh, Kimley Gibbler from Full House. I never really watched Full House. Corey, did you watch Kimmy Full House? Kimmy Gibbler was very annoying, but she was annoying <laughs> with a purpose. Again, agree to disagree. And she's actually kind of delightful in Fuller House. So, mm, not, agree to <laughs> so disagree. So, not as that. bad. Excellent. Okay. No. And then I, I only include this one because these are very minor characters from, from Lost. Nikki and Paolo. You guys remember them from Lost? No. I I actually, okay, they like randomly showed up in the third season. I, I, I think they were like from like, the, they were like from the others or whatever, but they were like inconsequential to the story. Trash, trash and loot are very consequential to what's about to happen. Here's what I can say. Matt, I watched Lost. I don't remember them, which tells me that they're not the worst. I right. will never forget exactly. Ezra Miller's Trash Can Man. Ever. Okay, Period. Good. The only person... Corey, have you watched This Is Us? No. Okay. More every once in a while, we'll have This Is Us on in the background. Sure. And I'll sit down and I'll catch some scenes. And there's some awesome moments. Like Sterling Brown's in it and he's fantastic. Uh, the one actress plays Kate Pearson. And she is mopey in every scene, always. She's just a mopey human being in every single possible moment that I've, that I've watched. I haven't watched the show all the way through. To me, she's like unbearable. Like if I walk in the room and, and I see her just being mopey, like I'm out, it's that bad. But even, even nothing, nothing touches Ezra Miller's trash can, man. Nothing. And I thought she was bad, not even close. I would now openly go sit her character for multiple seasons before ever touching back on trash can, man. Okay, so like that's the list. I mean, these are like the, the common threads of terrible TV show characters. The only ones that are even close are the Sand Snakes. So I, I, let's transition here into into Flag because he's actually used a lot in this in this episode. Uh, 
I guess I just have some questions about flag. My, my biggest concern or question is why is flag worried about the spies in the first place? Like how do they pose a single threat to anything? I, I just, I don't get it. Okay. Like I want to throw this back to Corey, but initially, like, okay, so Tom's there, Tom's the spy that flag can't see. And he's, it's driving him absolutely insane that he can't find him. What could Tom have possibly learned being on the gladiator janitor crew that would remotely help Boulder? Hmm. They don't already know that like flags, a bad guy who kills people like for sport. Right. What does he learn? And, and again, like that's the poor development of the story, right? Because the, the heart of the thing here is flag should be annoyed because this is the one thing he can't do or see. Right. Like he drops that great, like I am Legion line in this. Um, like we get a little bit more like menace and terror from him or like we're supposed to, right? Like if we go into that Bobby Terry scene where he blows through the door for some dumb fucking reason. Like it didn't even look good. No. Like that's my thing for that. Like it looked like poor CGI. But like, you know, like wouldn't it, it be better if, or like the stakes would be higher if Tom learned some secret bit of information that would be yeah. incredibly vital to Boulder that either an attack is coming and it's coming way sooner than they thought, or there's a vital uh, you know, flaw in his plan, or even some of the people here are good people who are looking to rebel. I mean, Tom learns absolutely nothing. So who the fuck cares? Now, like, I don't care. No one. I just don't care. I don't yeah. care. It's a here, problem Matt, in the book too. Here's what I think is honestly going to happen. So he's riding in the back of that car with those two dudes. Someone of those two, one of those two guys is probably going to mention like, oh, there's a plane. Did you get the plane ready? Oh man, working on the runway's been tough. If if that's the information we get from this, I'm gonna fucking laugh. So dead body crew is also like plane crew. <laughs> I don't know. I, again, this is me just thinking because like I, I don't I don't know a single. There he is nothing, nothing Tom learned, and also it almost seems like there is nothing to learn. Yes, there's nothing to learn. Well, nothing. I, mean, I don't get it. What's look, the motivation? If, if you cut out and it's like the uh, war, you know, I, we keep bringing up uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, but if it's uh worm tongue showing up to you know saruman to be like there is no such army and then he walks out and saruman shows him like the ten thousand orakai ready to go attack hell's right. deep like oh okay like that's a vital bit of information this major army is coming bearing down on us or they have planes or they have bo tom learns nothing he learns how to pick up bodies and put them in a truck and now he's supposed to go back and be like hey yeah i spent the last two weeks picking up dead bodies and putting them in a truck thanks for sending me over there yeah it's a waste Wait, of fucking time. It's immediately fixed if you have, again, Ratwoman even deal with this, right? Like, you have her, who, again, is, again, a, a character that I don't necessarily hate out of this, right? Like, she's a jerk, she's mean, like, all that kind of stuff. The worst line that she has in the episode is, like, he's the best janitor I've ever seen. Hilarious. Which, again, I did laugh at that. Is Hilarious. a scripting problem. So, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, I mean, even, again, as a device, she's there when trash arrives. So she says some shit to like him, like, "Oh, you can't even read fucking run." Why did the why why did Flag even bring you here? You're not going to be able to help. Like, you're not even able to help. You're not the only thing you're good for is dying in that fireball. Boom! Now yeah. he has a little bit of information, right? Like, oh, now they're bringing like big fire, right? Again, like you had a moment to weave in something, anything. But why isn't Trash Cam Man in the truck? They're gonna go drop him off somewhere to help his journey along. I, I don't know. I'm, again, if I'm just trying to find a moment where Tom can pick up on anything, right. but there's nothing. But I, I'm sorry, my, my question still remains. Why does any of this matter? It doesn't. How does Boulder pose a single threat to anything? I don't understand Flag's motivations, period. Well, I do want to stop there because like, I think Boulder, it stands in his way. Flag's out for world domination. He's this incredibly powerful, evil supervillain. 
Um, and Boulder's out there, and they are growing, and they're growing at a pretty good clip. I mean, we don't see that on screen, but okay, that's a are. problem. <laughs> and Mother Abigail, uh, by the way, talks to fucking God. You know, like not not a God, the God. She's fucking talking to God. Um, now he hasn't been talking to her in a while. Yeah, what what, what has like, God, God done? Assume, well, okay, I I mean that, that might be something that would, might come up later, but there is that thread of like, oh yeah, like there's that woman out there who's talking to God. It's something that needs to be dealt with. So I understand why Fly would want to go squash like the only other rising power on the continent. Okay, so stop real quick. But, but you know that from the book, okay? Yeah. Mother Abigail talking to God, it, it's not on the screen. It, it doesn't exist. Mother Abigail has no abilities other than being able to communicate with people to bring them to Boulder. Okay, yeah, you're acting like that's nothing. I mean, that's that's. No, something. no, 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 no I agree. Okay. That is something. I agree. That 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 is something. I don't want to. I don't want to speak against that. But if you're gonna say that she has God on her side, show me something. Show me that, like, she has an ability that, like, Fly goes, I'm concerned about that. Because that doesn't exist. Are people fleeing Vegas to go to Boulder? Again, a little bit. They talk about, like, dribs and drabs and all that kind of stuff. But I think I'm, I'm going to get to the heart of the real conflict here. Are you ready? Mother Abigail doesn't kink shame the community of Boulder properly. All right. And that's a real thorn in Flag's <laughs> side. All right. Like, he needs to be able to show that uh, sexual deviants belong in hell. All right. So they use the musical cues and just awful acting re really to do that. You know, uh, I mean, for me, the music in the casino, throw in the trash can, man, that is my hell. All right. That is my hell. Just make me watch that nonstop. So, uh, yeah, she's not properly kink shaming. That's my guess. Maybe that's maybe that's all we have from this, which is awful. Thank you. Terrible. Thank you I for showing me just how useless. Kind of every character is in this in the show. No, the only one I have any empathy for is Tom fucking Cullen. He's the only one I have some empathy for. And that's because like him crawling over those bodies and then burying himself in the back of that truck, like he actually looks sad and distressed. That looks disgusting. That feels bad. And I feel bad for Tom. And then poor Tom has to get out of that truck, find a bike, and then hoof it over the fucking <laughs> Rocky Mountains to get back to Boulder. I love that they did that flash to him like uh, while we're in Boulder, right? Like towards the end of the episode, there's a flash of just Tom in the back of the truck and he sees the moon why the fuck did i need that scene why Actually, like wasn't he supposed to leave like when he saw the moon the full moon yes. the full he didn't moon see shit no. he just randomly left because because he got a note that said run and then he tricked Ratwoman into reading the word run which again is not even a bad moment for tom right like he actually built in a moment of like tom being clever and like some good characterization and shit him being resourceful that's what makes it frustrating visually it's kind of pretty is it cinematic and big yeah are there some great shots? Sure. Is the lighting bad? Yeah. Is the music god awful? Yeah. So it's this dichotomy of like, there are the bones of a good show here. And instead you broke them all, threw them on the ground and were like, here, you like it. I don't think there is the bones of a good show. I think there's I nothing think so. here. Because nothing. I, nothing. I hate to bring up The Expanse again. In one episode of The Expanse, I went through like five different periods of like, I was like, that's a huge fucking moment, you know? There has, Corey, has there been one defining moment of this show in six episodes? The plotting and the, and the scripting for this are awful, right? You're, you're never going to get above that. No, but just a moment. Give me one moment, one scene that I enjoyed, that I actively enjoyed. <laughs> just, just really like, this stuck with me. You know, that was pretty great. This, that fucking stuck with me. It should have been this episode. It should have been what happened at the end with, the, with Nick. But it's not, because I don't care about Nick. Because he's been on camera ten times and doesn't do anything. There's nothing. There's no whole scenes for me that are super effective. It's just, it's moments, right? Like a lot of the flag stuff I'll take, right? Like there's some really okay. solid moments. Right. Um, when 
again, it, there's a beautiful shot uh, with the bird calls, right? When you guys are talking about that bird calls, it's a pretty beautiful shot of the mountains Corey, in the background. I'm not like thinking of, later about bird calls, though. Like, no, that, that's fine. No, no, no. But... And that's my point about the bones of the show, right? Like, there are people with talent who are working on this show. It's not total shit from start to finish. Like, again, it's shot pretty. Um, this costumes aren't bad. A lot of the locations, and I mean actual locations, are pretty good. The sets themselves are pretty shitty. I mean, again, not to skip over, but like when you go to Mother Abigail's house and they close the door in this episode, you can see the sunlight through it on the other side. The set is put together that poorly. They're going to blow up this house. They're going to blow up this set, granted. But at the same time, like, make the fucking front door close right. Like, that's not that hard. So... Again, it's just like they have things here. The casting itself as a whole is not awful. There's a couple of one-offs. And that's what makes it frustrating to me, right? Like there are some positives. There are some things that work. It's just slapped together with a story and a script that only punishes the people who are putting in hard work. I can't believe you're able to to pull that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree. I I I I'll be honest, the only shot that I liked was the, the last shot of this episode with Boulder, with them overlooking the, the explosion. That's it. Why they didn't have binoculars for that scene, we can talk about that later. Uh, yeah, it's, it's time to leave Vegas. We're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about Boulder and the few scenes there that we have of relative, I guess, importance. Uh, and then we'll wrap up this, this episode. So we're going to hop back on Boulder. We'll see you guys in a bit. Coming back to Boulder, I think we could even start with Mother Abigail's encounter with Flag, right? We, we, we kind of <laughs> beat Flag into, into the ground, uh, or at least his previous scenes. Um, Matt, do you have a question with Mother Abigail and Flag? Yeah, I got one for you. So who do you think won their argument? Like, who do you think hit the hardest in, in that argument that <clears throat> they were having? <clears throat> uh, neither of them. Like, I don't think anyone kind of... Hit with like a blow that made me go, oh wow, they won that one. Because there were like be two major punches. So Mother A hits him with, uh, "You're nothing, and you're terrified of what will happen when people see you for what you are, which is right." Nothing. Like when, when people do, and you take the costume off, you're just, in, yeah, you're nothing. Yeah, you're fucking nothing. And then yeah. he hits back that, like, you're not even out here looking for God. You're looking for an excuse to die because you're an 108 mm. year old woman who doesn't want to do this anymore. Those are like the two major punches that are thrown. I agree with you. And any winners? No. No, okay. I don't. I guess my brain didn't even go to that because I just thought the whole thing was kind of foolish. And I, I just get back to Flag. What, is, what are Flag's motivations? Why doesn't he just kill her there? It seems like he's able to. Is he controlling those crows? Yeah, I mean, like we said in the book, he, like he sets on her with like weasels and creatures of the night, like some some really shitty rodents. Um, so I, it's my impression that he does. Yeah. Why don't why and don't the crows she, just eat her? But she banishes the weasels away, you know. Well, God, God that. does though. Well, God but that ex but exactly. Okay, but, like, but God has no authority in this story so far. So again, he 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 casts he blow tries to blow her off the cliff there or whatever, and he brings down all these crows. Why doesn't he just in that moment kill her? If you show us that she has no ability to defend herself, what is that? Because this is this is Snow White. This is uh fucking Goldilocks, right? This is Little Red Riding Hood. That's what this is. This is Little Red fucking Riding Hood. So, I mean, like, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense. Doesn't I make think, any sense. I, it's, it's, you're only going to drive yourself nuts. Yeah, this is, super does not happen in the book. Like, Mother Abigail goes out because she affronted God, and she must now atone for her sins by, like, wandering in the wilderness and trying to hear his voice again. They never have a conversation no. with Flag. Flag has no dominion in Boulder. 
Yeah, like no. there, there's a real reason. Like he's the reason he has to work through Nadine and Harold is he can't just kind of go in there and do shit, you know. So why they chose? It's fun having I guess had, watch them kind of have these little conversations. But the second Fly actually has an ability to hurt her is fucking ridiculous and should never have been allowed to be on the screen. It doesn't make yeah because it doesn't make sense. This should be Abraham, right? Yes. Where she has to cede to the will of God and she has to do the thing to to get back into his favor. That's that's what this is billed as, at least in, in the book. And again, it doesn't show up on screen, but what the fuck does? <laughs> uh, all right, we have some other stuff, Matt. I think we should just transition. I'm done talking about Mother Abigail for this episode. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, oh, they find her. Uh, <laughs> if we, if we keep going on, uh, you have some stuff here about Harold. Okay, yeah. So I guess. Harold's put in a couple different positions. One of them is like when he's out in the in the woods with Stu, he pulls a gun on Stu. Uh, Nick, at any point, because I know you don't know what happens. Were you worried for him? No. The only reason, but I feel bad. The only reason I wasn't worried about Stu is because in the trailers for the TV show, there's a scene with Stu, Larry, Glenn, and uh, I'm forgetting who's the woman that Ray. guards. What's her name? Ray. And Ray are walking down the street, presumably to Vegas. So. I so no, I wasn't spoiled. Didn't think for a second. Also, why does he need to shoot him? He's going to blow him up in yeah. That's a great question. In Thirty minutes. Yeah, I don't know. I was worried that he was going to shoot him because he has shitty trigger discipline. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> you should not have that gun drawn. No, no, you should not have your finger on the trigger. It's that second rule of of firearms, right? Don't point your don't point your weapon at anything you're not willing to destroy. Rule number two: keep your finger off the trigger until you are ready to pull it. So, yeah, that's how you get accidental discharges. I expected him to, like, shoot into the fucking ground because, again, he's mad with his finger on the trigger the whole time. This is entirely beside the point, but it really pissed me off. <laughs> we go right from this to uh, just transitioning. Franny decides to break into Harold's basement after Larry found nothing. So either she finds nothing and broke into an innocent person's home, or he's a fucking total psycho. So either don't do it or do it with a group of people and some guns. What is happening here? That's such a great point, Nick. What is Franny doing? She either thinks this guy is so hmm. dangerous that she needs to break into his house or, you know, she has a hunch of it. Like, it's got to be one or the other. If she really thinks he's that dangerous, she has to go in armed and, like, with a plan and with other yeah. people involved. Fran doesn't plan, Matt. We established that last week. All right? No forethought for breaking into somebody's house. You just go and do it. And, Nick, at what point would – or, Corey, this works for you, too. When you see the creepy stuff in the basement – What's to be like, oh, well, now I got to get out of here. Because isn't it like right away, like I see that surveillance footage and I'm like, I got to go start. We got to fucking tell people about this. It's time to leave now. I don't even need to go see the bomb. I don't need to go see the bomb. I, I'm, I'm out. The moment I see that you have a camera in my room, I'm out. Yeah, that, that's grounds enough for be like, all right, we got to break into this creep's house. We're going to figure this shit out. I can now. bring in the entire fucking like, you know, ski patrol police unit to go see what's actually going on here. Yeah, totally. Get the fuck out of the basement. He labeled the thing manifesto. When was the last time you were like, oh, manifesto? Oh, this is, I'm sure this isn't about any murder at all. No, that's, <laughs> that's not just, the that's way just manifestos Unabomber. work now. No, that word has been ruined. Uh, that's a, it's a good point because it brings us into uh, this next thing. Uh, Matt, you, you have some notes here about Franny saying stuff to Harold. What do you think about this whole moment? Um, it fucking sucks because none of that, like, did she ever show any bit that she actually cared about Harold at all, ever in the entire TV show? D did you get, that wasn't just self-preservation for you in that moment? I think it's a little bit of that, but I also think, like, Franny thinks she's a good person. She's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll use all the good things I did with Harold in the past. It's like, you didn't do shit. You just shot that kid down in a fucking terrible way. 
It's also the only part of the argument that makes sense. The editing on this thing is so bad. Go back and rewatch it. I've watched this scene four times. It seems like they're having two different arguments. The way that, like, they're not even responding to the shit the other person says up until that last little bit. The editing on this thing was all over the place. It's absolutely crazy. Again, it feels like the most important parts are missing. And that, like, oh my god, the vigil? He told you he was going to blow, he was going to kill everyone. Right? That he wanted to take out as many as possible. What the fuck did you think it was going to be? Owen Teague is giving me some good stuff, but you didn't ever develop Fran. So even as they're doing this, like, I don't really give a shit, right? Because again, she's only been defined by her male relationships or her relationship with her child. She had one, she had a moment earlier in, in this, in the show where she stands up to him when he tries to, he makes advances on her and she says like, there's no way this is happening. So I, I know that she has some semblance of a backbone to even in that moment, because she could have been scared then too. Like what if she says no? And then, and, and Harold presses even further. But she says no, pretty, pretty definitively says no, okay? In this scene, they should have flipped the script. Like, Franny should have been, like, maniacally laughing when he spews his bullshit about how I'm not appreciated. She should have said, you know what? We were right then. You are a freaking creep. And everything you're saying right now is exactly why we hate you. Like, I wanted that moment. I wanted, if she, if she already feels like this is over, just, just say something like that. Like, I, I wanted, actually, like, to go in a completely different direction. I want Harold to be like, yeah, all that shit you think you're saying, none of that you ever did remotely for me. I told you that story about like you getting that ice cream cone and giving it to me or like that was bullshit. You think fucking nothing of me. So don't pretend right. that's good. True. That, that's like good. you actually care. And then really don't pretend that I didn't contribute because I contributed a shit ton to getting us here and, you know, trying to help this community grow. Like he kind of, well, it's less in the show. It's more in the book, which hmm. a problem. But like, Harold does a shit ton and is completely fucking underappreciated. And from his point of view, he's completely justified me. Like, oh, fuck these people who don't give two shits about me. We traveled halfway across the country and I didn't get an invite to dinner until months later. Like, what, what is happening? She, she threw him away. We would have had to have characters for any of that. And we don't. I mean, again, it's just it's super frustrating because like the moments built in. You have the stuff that either happened in the source material or happened otherwise in the episode, right? Like, again, he could have listed off the names of the people who got there because of him. All he had to do was stand there and list, like, Larry. And then, again, you know, we would have had to have any kind of moments of development or time with other characters to have that make sense. But the moments were possible. Yeah, I wonder if Sophia was on that list. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, <laughs> the, to, to the credit, like, the, the, oh, the part of that scene that I liked is that through the door shot. Right where they had Fran on one side of the door and they had Harold on the other. Great. That was good. That was a great shot. Um, again, completely forgetting that uh, Fran walked in with a fucking crowbar and could just you know crowbar her way out of that door. But you know whatever. Yeah, she's literally in a bomb workshop. I'm pretty sure she can find some type of tool to get through that door. And like, here's another quick question: What would take longer to get outside? Harold going through the house, locking the door, and going out the the front door, locking up, or Franny just climbing through a window? That's right, fucking there. Like, I honestly think there's a chance that she beats him to the front door. <laughs> did, right. did, or, is she wait, or is she kind of waiting a little bit so she doesn't get killed if she, if she sneaks out. He locked her in a room with a window that she could easily access and get so out. Stupid. Look, I told you, it's, 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 it's a room so of drywall. Stupid. You could easily break through that wall. <laughs> it's, it's that simple to get out of that. I, it's, it's the easiest room to ever get out of. It's a, it's a room, it's a drywall, drywall walls and a window. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's go to the, the, the last moment, I guess, we can get into is the bomb. Okay. Uh, why the fuck did they put the bomb in the piano? Oh my god, dude. 
why was it in the piano? People have been playing that piano all up like all the episode. entire show. Yeah. They just walk by and Larry's a musician. Four times they show you the tube next to the piano. Four fucking Ugh. times. Twice after Amber Heard puts it puts it there. Once when uh, Owen Teague comes in, he directly looks at it and they show it again. And then before it goes off, they just flash to it fucking randomly next to the piano so you remember it's there. Then all of a sudden, it's inside of the piano. What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's it's so bad and terrible. And again, it's and another major departure from the book. The book is kind of neat. So the character Nadine is is a lot more like reluctant to do this type of stuff. Remember, I told you before her like the 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 thing running through her head is, you know, it's such a sin, it's such a terrible thing to take a human life. She's never killed anybody before, right? Hmm. And she's been told to plant this bomb. As she's kind of walking up to the house that's empty, by the way, oh, to go quick. plant the bomb. She Go hasn't ahead. killed Teddy. No, of course not. Okay, so um, in the book, so she's never committed murder before. This is the first moment where she's actually going to kill people. Yes, so she's okay. very reluctant to do it. She's walking up to the house. She has this bomb in like a shoebox that she's going to hide in the closet. It's like her plan. And she's like, man, I really don't know about this. And then fucking Flag full on like possesses her and does the entire thing. And like next thing you know, she's outside of the house. She's outside the house. Her now, her hair that was once dark with like little white streaks is now completely white because flag fucking did it he like you know fully possessed her it was crazy um and then she hides the Wait. fucking bomb in a, in a place where people aren't gonna look it's in a closet in a shoebox how does flag take over her body if he has no ability to get into boulder that that's another kind of complicated thing from the book that they didn't show nadine's like different nadine's like this black spot that even mother abigail can't sense when they first had this meeting mother abigail meets everybody gotcha. joe starts speaking for the first time the second he sees her she's a little bit more like Tom Cullen has some more power. Yeah, Tom. She she has more power in the book than they show in that. And like mm. Nadine is like this blank space. And so it's like it's like Flag's kind of one way to kind of get in. And in this, okay. Amber Heard is a completely blank actress throughout all these scenes. So it, how do you know it kind of translates? It kind of <laughs> works. Uh, no, this this was really super bad. And you know the other thing that I really got about this is they don't even have Nick press a piano key. He just opens the lid and looks inside. Your deaf character decides to check out the inside workings of a piano. It makes sense if he pushes one, because again, you had him play it before and like kind of listen and feel the vibrations. Oh, does he not hit it the second time? Oh no, I, again, went and rewound several times. He doesn't even touch a key. If he touched the no key sense. and it got stuck down, then it would make sense for him to open the top of the piano. Be like, why the fuck did this key right. stick? It was just working before. Oh shit, there's a bomb in here. Again, <laughs> how did they even get into put? I know. Through the pot, plot hole in the floor. The same way that Mother Abigail gets out, they get in to put the bomb in the piano. <laughs> Nailed it. Fucking there's, just it a, yep. there's just a hole literally in the house. We have more continuity in our nonsense than this show does in its plot, and it's killing me. We have to spend six more hours with this. Six more hours. Yeah. I don't even want to be reminded. It's da- the, the, like the, the reality of this is dawning on me as we're, as we're wrapping this thing up. I, I do kind of love like that bit of like somebody who's just been jogging for like four miles to like stop something terrible from happening. And she's just like, but bomb, bomb, like the bomb goes up. It's like, I don't know. You would like you know, four miles to get there. You like think of something like a quicker thing to say to get people to move out of the fucking way than just be like, bomb, Stu, I need to hug you right now. It's like, no, there's got to be a better plan. You're just jogging across town. Like think of something better. Um, And then, hey, how about this? Hey, Harold and Nadine, your master plan. You're going to blow up. Um. All the committee members, you're going to kill Mother Abigail. Um, Harold has this even more audacious plan to pretty much kill everybody in Boulder. So he's making an even bigger bomb. 
talking about, not in the book, the book was basically just decapitate the committee. You're going to rely on just like kind of weird arbitrary timing for like a group that like doesn't seem like they're actually planning on them doing a lot of type of shit. You don't have like a binoculars like to be like, all right, well, I know we don't want to be right in the midst of it, right? Because we got to get the fuck yeah. out of here the second this bomb goes off. But like, you know, maybe like binoculars or a telescope to make sure the people that you're trying to kill are in the right spot at the right time. Yeah. I, nothing. I, I, nothing. Especially when like multiple times people like they've showed in the show that people don't actually follow through with the things that they do. Like, oh, we're going to cut the, we're going to cut the search an hour short for you to go home. You have no sense of timing with this. It, it's insane. Uh, Nick dies. Should we, should we, should we talk about that? Pour one out for Nick. You just did. Do we care? Okay. I, I mean, again, it's, uh, it's, he was in one episode substantially and in everything else he maybe had a scene. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's like, it, it's a heartbreaker in the book. And like, I hardly care here. Dude, people were like, some people on Twitter were like sad. And I just, I don't get it. I, and again, you, you had to have been a book reader who built the, the image of what you have of Nick in your head from the book is what's bleeding onto what's happening on screen. And that's why you're having a visceral reaction because I'm not. Yeah, it's the only way. It's just cues. You know, you're supposed to be sad. You know, that's it. That's it. I am now convinced <laughs> that Joe has the shine, though. So there's that. I think Lee, Lee asked us about that. I'm like, now yeah. I'm a little bit convinced that Joe has, has the shine in this. How about him talking to uh, his first words to, to Larry. Larry, though? Yeah. <laughs> Nadine and Mommy Nadine are two different people. How about Larry, the slowest dawning of anything ever? Like, oh my God, with the wait, batteries. Oh, is with something the batteries bad the happening here? Ugh. He barely jogs out of the house to go get Nadine. It's like, wh what are you doing? Also, what was Nadine's plan for, for this? Like, she has to kill Larry, right? Again, her job from Flag is kill the committee, okay? So on the, her way out, she takes the batteries away and she disables his motorcycle. How the fuck was he going to get to the, the vigil anyway? Oh, it's actually a great point. I mean, he runs slower than a pregnant woman, so we know that at least. But you're right. They, like, how does he then get to the vigil? Well, he, he like isn't suspicious of Nadine, then walks out on his motorcycle and is like, shit, my motorcycle doesn't work. And then he goes to his, his, his walkie-talkie, and he's like, shit, the batteries are missing from the walkie-talkie. It's like, uh, something just happened. Even if he's completely clueless about what's going on, like, why would he be fucking disabled from getting to the place he needs to be to then get blown up? Like, they don't even know what they're, like, they're doing. It's so terrible. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have nothing else to say for this episode other than I'm really excited for the next one. We still have three more episodes left, episodes seven, eight, and nine. Uh, we know that Stephen King wrote, rewrote the last one, so we get to, uh, I guess you guys get to see that, that change in the story there. But uh, I have nothing else left unless you guys have anything else to bring up. I hate this show. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm good. That's a no from Corey. Uh, Matt, okay. Uh, so we'll be back next week. We're also going to have another Q&A episode coming up here too. Again, I'm getting some, uh, th there are more gripes than questions about the story, but I think that's fine for us to take a look at. So uh, we'll have another Q&A episode coming up this week. Uh, if you guys want to find us on Twitter, we are at underscore broadcasters. Uh, we're on also sometimes on the Reddit page there too, talking to some people about whether or not Ezra Miller's depiction of the character was the worst thing ever. So if you want to find us on Reddit or go to the stand page, you can check out that. Uh, and you can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts or, uh, or Spotify. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, you grumps.